Hello, and welcome to Launching the Pilot. On this special episode, I'm talking to actress Annette Andre. We talk about her book of memoirs, talk about her TV, stage and film career, and the many people she's worked with over the years. So just sit back and enjoy, uh, ignore the idiot asking the questions, and just concentrate on the answers, because that's where the good stuff is. Her memoirs are called Where Have I Been All My Life? I think there's a link on her website where you can buy the book at annetteandreofficial.wordpress.com You can also buy it from Amazon. You can also go into a bookshop and ask them to order you a copy in. So There's no reason you can't get a copy. That's all I'm saying. And you can also contact me uh, on Twitter at launchingthepilot or at launchingtpilot or if you're English, launchingtpilot. And on Podbeam, you can find all our episodes, 177 episodes, where we talk about pilot episodes of TV shows uh, and you can download them and listen to them there. Uh, but well, you don't have to listen to them. If you just download them, that would really help. You know, without the listening, that's, that's fine. Uh, and next week's programme, Back to Normal, will be Mrs. Columbo. And who couldn't wait to listen to that? That would be so good. Okay, enough rambling time. Let's get on with it. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> it's, um, oh, that's better. I've never made a call before. This is great. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to look good. <laughs> It's nice and it's free. <laughs> and it's free, yes. I know, this is amazing. I don't know why I haven't used this. Anyway, um, it's good just to talk with you. Well, well, thank you for talking to me. I'm sure you're a lot busier than I am. So. <laughs> I'm coming over. I'll be over in uh, September. All right. Towards the end of September and I'll be there till uh, early December. Because yeah. it was last, last September your book came out, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, I went over for that and a couple of shows. And uh, I did a show at the Muse- Comedy Museum of Comedy. Oh, right. And I did one the year before, too. I'm not doing one this year. Oh. Um, but I'm going to be doing a couple of shows. And, of course, I'm sure you know, but today, th- this year is the 50th anniversary of Randall and Hopkirk. Oh, <laughs> actually, I didn't know. It's terrible, isn't it? I should look that up. <laughs> oh. Yes, it is. It's the 50th in September. All right. It's the 50th anniversary. So we're doing a um, a thing for that. There's a, at Elstree Studios, there's going to be an event. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that um, Rick Davey is, yes. is organizing it. He did one last year, too, for ITC. And this is a combination of ITC and the Randall and Hopkirk anniversary. That's good. Uh, and as if we'd record today, it's the uh, 50th anniversary of the moon landing. So. I know, I know. I was going to say that too. I mean, here we are all in this great year. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they would have loved this technology we've got now. <laughs> I know. Oh, wow. Anyway, let's start, shall we? Yeah, let's, let's start. Yes. Uh, I just really a few questions about your TV work and stuff, if, if that's OK with you. Yes, that's fine. Just that's fine. <laughs> Actually, I, I wanted to ask you first of all because uh, um, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Um, yes, I, I was watching some clips on uh, like YouTube, and it was the chariot chase. Uh, oh yeah, and that looked so dangerous. <laughs> There's no way no one got hurt. It's just so incredibly dangerous looking. It was. It was dangerous. A lot of it was done, of course, by the second unit, which is the uh, the you know the part. With all the stuntmen, where they do a whole lot of it, where you don't see the actors in it, you know, they have doubles and things. But a lot of it was done by, you know, a lot of the actors, including myself and Michael Crawford. We did a lot of the uh, the stunts ourselves. And Buster, Buster was out there working with them. He oh he did things. When he had to fall down, he actually fell down. And it was, he did his wonderful thing, what, you know, Pratt call, falls, they call them. And he was 85. It was his last film. He died the following year, a few months after we finished the movie. And um, he was he was quite frail, but, I mean, up there working, you know. And here he was falling down and and with chariots running around him and everything. My God. Yeah, yes. Because I was watching it, I thought, well, Obviously, it's not green screen. This is real. This is really happening in front of the yeah. camera. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. And the, things, 
in the, in the chariot race, which I've got in the book, so yeah. you would have read it, um, the chariot race where Dick Lester decided they could see into the chariot and they took the stunt man who was in the bottom of the chariot, sort of crouched down, driving the horses. God knows how they did it, but they did. Um, if we were in them, I mean, and we were. And so I was behind him, but the, they said they wanted to shoot from the from the back on these, this particular shot. <coughs> and did I think that I could drive the horses? And I was a rider. I used to ride a lot. So I said, yes, <laughs> very cavalierly. Yes, of course I can. Absolutely. Got no problem. I've got two huge greys pulling a, um, a chariot. So I start off with, with no stuntman in the thing with me, just with me and Michael's already fallen out. And we take off and we're in a wood. I mean, trees everywhere. Well, the horses don't take long to realize that I am just not strong enough and I don't have the, the knowledge how to drive a chariot. So they thought, whoopee, and they took off. That's a lot, then, lot of horsepower, see, isn't it? <laughs> two, oh, two horses. It I mean, fast, I can't tell you, and they're huge horses. Traveling and trees, I thought, and there was a tree ahead. I thought, this is it, they're going to split here. Oh, One's going to go one way and on the other, and I'm dead. But at the last minute, they swerved together and took me around. And we're still going, and I had no way of, of stopping them, absolutely no way, until I heard horses, other horses, and sort of glanced around, and there were stuntmen on horses riding up um, beside me, and one of them um, called out to me, don't worry, don't worry, we'll stop them, we'll stop them, and he got to the uh, one of my lead horses, one of my horses, and leapt from his saddle onto mine, and stop them. Otherwise, I don't know what would have happened. And we took a lot of chances in that. There were other things too. Climbing up and being dragged up in the, in the, um, scene where Michael's rescuing me and, and in this high, high thing that was built with nothing to hold on to except my hands. And it was hot and I'm spinning and I nearly passed out and there was no net underneath me. Nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was watching that bit as well, and I thought because when I read your book, it says, "Oh, no harness, no nothing, just your hands." I thought, "How could you do that? <laughs> just hold on." Yeah. It's just, especially it was, didn't, didn't I had have a choice. To do it four times. <laughs> I had oh. to get the shot. I had to do it four times because oh. Dick wanted me to look down and smile at um, Pamela Brown, who was going to sort of kill me, and she's looking up and smiling, and I'm saying goodbye. <laughs> And if I look down, I have no head for height. So I looked down, I became so dizzy. And then I had to hang on. I wasn't sure if I was going to reach the top. I almost didn't. So that would have been splat <laughs> on the ground. I mean, there would have been no more Annette Andre, that's oh, for sure. Maybe, mm. maybe that's the movie where Michael Crawford's got his passion for danger, because he used to do loads of dangerous stunts, didn't he? Oh, for yes, TV he did. Yeah, yeah. did. <laughs> but he was always like that. Uh, He'd done a, a movie or a couple of movies before. He always did his stunts, and he did them on television, too. <coughs> but, um, yeah, so that um, he just he just thought that was great. So between us, we, we had quite a good time. <laughs> Little did we know just how dangerous it was. Oh. Anyway, there we are. We survived and we're still here. And, and there was a good working set, was it? Uh, I mean, so many famous faces in there. I, I know in your book you say you did really take advantage of uh, everyone who was famous on there but <laughs> to talk yes. to. Oh, imagine imagine me. I mean, this was I'd done films. I had done some co couple of really good films, but uh, not an international movie. And this was big with all those people. You can imagine how I felt. Here I am young and with people like Zero Mostel and Buster Keaton and Phil Silvers and Jack Guilford. I mean, it's an actor's dream. Yeah. That, that, that would be a book on its own, wouldn't it? That movie, I think. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. But the terrible thing was that I love to play comedy and I'd done a lot of comedy in my previous work. So I said to Dick Lester, oh, this is wonderful. Well, you know, this is when we started shooting. This is wonderful. I've got all these wonderful people, and I've been watching them work. And I said, oh, I'll be able to do things. I'd like to do such and such in a scene. He looked at me and he said, 
you'll do absolutely nothing. I said, what? He said, nothing. I said, but, you know, we have that little bit with zero that I'm going to do. I could do this. He said, nothing. He said, you are a, a virgin. You're a courtesan. You've been trained to be just beautiful and gentle and lovely. And that's what you're going to be. <laughs> I'm working with all this talent, and I I wanted so hard to join in and be part of the of the comedy, and I couldn't. Oh, I had to sail through. It was very funny, but I did get a chance in the in the uh, uh, chariot race and things. I, I I was able to do a bit there. <laughs> yeah. It was a big film as well for its time, so <laughs> really. It still is. It's amazing. It's yeah. one of the classics. People, I was with some people the other day who said one of my favourite movies is a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's strange how some things remain, isn't it? Other things just fade yeah. into memory. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Um, like Handel and Hopkirk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, it's still up there. <laughs> I know, I know. Who would have thought? I mean, we're talking about 50 years ago. Things were very different to the way they are now. Yeah, yeah. We just went in. We, we did the series because we wanted to work. And I enjoyed it because I loved the two boys, you know. And we, we did have a good, a good set. We did that yeah. and uh, enjoyed it. It was hard work, but we enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, that was it. Then after that, we went on to the next job or whatever it was. Yes. We had no idea that we'd be still alive, <laughs> as it were, in the world today. Yeah, I and mean, even people over here in, in America, there are people, they don't know Randall and Hopkirk. It's hardly known over here. Oh, okay. But they do know the prisoner. They know the saint. They know the Avengers. A couple of Blake Seven. Some of them know Blake Seven. And you know, who, would have, who would have guessed? This, no. It's us. It's amazing. There was another program you were in. Um, I think it was called Adam Adamant Lives. Uh, yes, Adam Adamant Lives. Yes. Uh, and that's uh, I, I didn't know about this program, so I started watching it. I thought oh, this is good, <laughs> but this is yeah. one, of, one of the ones the BBC wiped over the tapes or something, and so you get you haven't got all the episodes there because at the time they just didn't think to keep stuff. Yeah. So I've started watching that one now. So that's a, <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, good. Yes, <laughs> I don't remember a lot about it. Um, I remember Gerald, and I remember Juliet Harmer. Yes. She was Adam Adam and Lives, wasn't she? Yes. Uh, Juliet, yeah. And, and I remember him, um, him talking about it, saying that uh, they would rehearse some of the lines, but none of the action. You just, you just go. <laughs> yes, just go. Oh, yeah. we did that a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things. We'd have to, of course, run the, run the lines and things. Yeah. But usually just amongst ourselves, we didn't really rehearse. Rehearse of some things. I'm remembering we did rehearse. We actually rehearsed it, and then we went in and shot it. But that was that was not film. That was tape. Yes, that's right. And they ran tape. Mm. It's very hard to me to remember all this now. But <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering how you managed to get through the whole memoirs. <laughs> it was it was tough. It took yeah. me quite a long time. I mean, it, over a period of some years that I started gathering together the information and looking up stuff and of course I'd lost a lot of things. I didn't have I didn't have any scripts left because with moving and stuff you start clearing out and I thought, Oh, I don't want that script, I don't want this had I known yeah. and kept some of those scripts, my goodness. The but mem uh, Yeah, the memorabilia factor alone would be worth a bit, wouldn't it now? Oh absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. But also for memory. You know, remember who played in it and who did this yes. and who directed it and everything. Um, it, it would have been good for that. But no, I managed to get a lot of a lot of uh, memories back, and uh, my diaries were useless because all I put in my diaries was the time of an appointment or meeting someone for lunch, and I then I think who was that? I don't remember who that was. <laughs> so. It was, uh, they weren't all that helpful, all my diaries. And there'd, so, there'd be a lot of lunches, I'd imagine. <laughs> going for... Quite a lot of lunches and dinners and <laughs> yeah. drinks here and there. And and then, but, you know, meeting people too for interviews. Yes. And, and I remember meeting a director. I don't remember 
But in my diary, I met a director called Nicholas Ray, who is one of the top directors <laughs> over here. And I would have loved to, well, obviously I didn't work for him, I didn't get the job, but I have no recollection of, of what I went to meet him about, what it was, or anything. I didn't write it down. That's just... That's that's stupid. Just, just the passage of time, isn't it? I, I, I barely remember what I did last week now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, um, <clears throat> yes. So, oh, sorry. Uh, one of your earlier uh, TV shows was a programme called Whiplash. Um, yes. With, with Peter Graves, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I've, I've never heard of this one either. <laughs> it, it seems an odd concept to me. It's, it's a Western set in Australia with an yes. American lead. <laughs> what, well, they were trying. You yeah. see, Australia was very new to television. Yeah. I mean, we did that in uh, 1960, I think, and I don't think we got television out there till 19, about 1955. So it had only been television. It had only been going about five years yeah. when they did that. And in that time... We started out not knowing a darn thing about it, and um, I was cast quite early on. Oh, I won a competition, and and uh, with it, I won a, a, a year on a television show as a sort of co-hostess. Just this terrible little thing I remember. It was dreadful, but <laughs> it was work, and I was on television for a year. Um, and... Uh, we were learning all the time. It was all live. I mean, we had no tape or anything at the time. So it was all live. Sets would fall down. Chairs would fall over. I mean, it was ridiculous. And then um, I was cast in a little serial. I think it was only about four episodes, but I had a sort of lead in this little serial, which was a short. I think it was only 20 minutes each episode or something. Um, and that was all live. And you had to learn how to, unlike stage, unlike theatre, where you walk in and you, you have your marks where you're going to move to and things like that, but you, you, have a, uh, you can move about a bit. Well, in television, particularly then, the cameras were huge and not very movable, so you had to hit that right spot. Every time you did it, you know, the rehearsals, you'd go past the spot and they'd say, I can't see you, move back. <laughs> yeah, I imagine uh, after, after the cameras and all the cables and everything, there's very little room for the actors to fit in there. <laughs> absolutely, and they were big and they were heavy, the cameras, so they couldn't just move in quickly or move around to get you, you know, they, that wasn't... So you, you had to, so it was very technical and you had to act at the same time. So it was, it was an amazing learning situation. You learned all the techniques, what to do, how to get out of a crisis, and people forgot their lines, and you had to know how to to deal with it. I mean, it was it was uh, it was quite something. I was rather glad to have been in on the early part quite, of television out there. So it's quite an education, I'd imagine. <laughs> it certainly is. And when you talk about um, Whiplash, well, that was the first filmed television series that they ever did out there and it was a co-British Australian American production so they had to have actors from you know each country particularly America and Peter Graves was the draw they had to get somewhere where they could try to sell it abroad you know which they did yeah because it runs just like a western but then you'll see an emu I think oh well <laughs> that's weird I know. but then you know you're, in Australia they had to have um, postal services, yeah, I, like I, this was Wells Fargo or yeah. a type of Wells Fargo out there, yeah. and uh, it, it must the, have, it must have run parallel to what America had to do at the early well, days. It, <laughs> it did, yeah, it did. It was just a bit later on in Australia than America had started earlier. So you know, and we had bush rangers, which were the equivalent of the the um um. Uh, what did you call it? Cow no, cowboys? What are they called over here? Uh, Gunslingers. Oh, um, right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Um, so we had we had bush rangers out there. Same thing. You know, they rode horses. They had guns. They killed people. They robbed places. They did all of that. Um, it was very. And the countryside, Australia's terrain, is very similar 
to a lot of the terrain over here, and particularly California. A lot of it is very like California, but then we've also got cooler places, which are a little more like the East Coast, not the huge um, snows and fierce cold that we get on the East Coast, but cold and and wetter than other parts of Australia. And then we have tropical jungle <laughs> way up the top. I mean, it's got everything over there. It's got some snow fields and um, um, it's got desert and it's got sea and it's got, you know, everything that America has. Yeah, a vast range, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So it, it, it made sense, really, into to making that series. And it was great fun. I loved every minute of it. I thought it was wonderful. And filming, you know, there again is a different technique. So we had a lot of things that, that went wrong. My, the poor actor I was working with who got shot with the blank cartridges. Yeah, yeah, it's in the book. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. read that one. Yes, I know. I mean, I nearly had I couldn't believe it. I'm standing next to him and he's on the floor. Ooh, that was <laughs> poor Joe. I mean, he was a nice man. <laughs> Uh, and that's the episode you only get a credit in now, isn't it? Uh, I don't think you're actually in the actual episode now. I didn't what? You're, you're not actually in that episode now, are you? You're, you've got a credit for it, but you don't appear. Is that right? No, I am. No, I oh, am you're, you're in that one. That's the one with the emus. Yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah. That was the one with the emus. Cause I, I think. I think yeah. it's that one or the other one. The, the one that I'm not in apparently was shown in Britain. Oh, right, yes. I mean, that was shown in Britain, which I've never seen. And to this day, I don't know what they all went on about of being too torrid. I mean, we we had all our clothes on. We did nothing except a few kisses. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, it was too torrid. It was unbelievable. But it's, it's okay for Britain. <laughs> it's okay for Britain. Yeah, that's fine. Because, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, because I watched two episodes um, and... Uh, the ones which featured you. <laughs> uh, yeah. But if I didn't know it was you, I wouldn't know it was the same actress because you play completely different parts. I thought it was really good. Yes. Well, I also was very young. Yes. And yes. I was, I had darker hair there. And, um, you know, I looked a bit different and I had a, I had a slight Australian accent at the time. Um, I never had a very heavy one, but I did have a slight Australian. It wasn't until I went to England and I was at a party, not long after I got there, I was at a party and there was quite a lot of sort of upmarket people there, you know, all sort of frightfully, hello, how do you do? And I had this man come and speak to me and he said, oh, hello, hello, I'm so-and-so and I introduced myself. And he said, oh, jolly nice, yes, what do you do? And I said, I act, I'm an actress. Oh, jolly good, oh. What's your accent? And I said, probably Australian. I come. He said from the colonies. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> so I I ran home and I instantly rubbed out my Australian accent. I spent a few weeks really working at it, and I got rid of the Australian accent. <laughs> um, I just got it. Uh, the the Avengers. You were also in the Avengers, wasn't you? <laughs> yes. Was. Yeah, yep. with, with uh, Patrick McNee. <laughs> yes, and that was one of the early ones. I think it was, yes, it was black and white. Yes, so it was, yeah. And I think the next year it became colour or something. And with Honor Blackman, but of course I didn't have any scenes with Honor. Oh. <laughs> they were just with, with Patrick. And um, I loved working with Patrick. Gosh, he was nice. But not nice. He he was, uh, I've, I've watched it since. I've watched it recently. Um, those scenes that I had with him and they work really well because I felt very easy with him and he had a lovely manner and it came across working with him as an actress you know an actor um, <coughs> and I I think uh, we just we just did a very good scenes together yeah, but I got to know him. I got friendly with Patrick for quite a few years he was a friend of mine and Sue Lloyd's and uh he was one of the shyest, withdrawn men. He was quite different, not acting. Quite different. Uh, I suppose because you, you think, oh, they're the star of this show. You know, they could put on a bit more air of graces. They they could make it awkward for the other actors coming in. But I suppose if they make them relax, it's all better for everyone. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, 
actors usually bend over and, you know, you're just actors, you work together. Some you like and some you don't, and that's personal, so whatever, you know. But there are some who, who do take an attitude, and I could mention one here. <laughs> it, it, it would I mean, be another Patrick, would it? <laughs> oh, gosh, that name rings a bell. <laughs> and, yeah, no, I couldn't stand him. On the other hand, I've also looked at that, those scenes recently, and I thought, you know, that was, they were pretty good scenes. We worked well together, and I think it was because I really disliked him so much. Yeah, this was, but uh, it, gave, it, it Pat, gave an edge. This was Patrick McGowan, was it, in The Prisoner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, you're not the first person to say he was quite hard to work with. So. No, I know. And that, that includes men, not just women. No, no, it was everyone. Most women didn't like him. Most women didn't, and he didn't like women much. Did you feel that entirely on the stage, a sound set? You, you didn't yeah. actually go, go yes. out outside? No, there were, in the very beginning, I think there was a, just a few, I mean, there could only have been maybe a half a dozen actors who went to Port Mirian when they did all the stock shots to, you know, they were going to work with during the series, and they did... I don't know how long it took, maybe a couple of weeks or something, to get some some shots and a, a few small scenes done. The rest of it was built on, um, where do we do that, Pinewood? Was it Pinewood? It could have been. <laughs> oh, usually you know more than I do. Uh, I should know, shouldn't I? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the ones who help us, you see. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it was Pinewood or MGM. No, I think it was MGM. Um, yeah, they built the whole set there, and that was depressing too because the set, you, you felt badly when you were on the set because you were enclosed and it was, we were all wearing these uniforms and Patrick was being miserable and, and <laughs> it really lent atmosphere, I think. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was very disappointed with that episode because you didn't get a number. It just says, uh, the watchmaker's daughter. <laughs> I've got, I'm number 51. Oh, was you number 51? Oh, I couldn't find that out I've anyway. Got a, I've got a photograph. Do you want me to send you the files? I'll let you have it free. Yeah, that'd be I'll great. I'll copy the photograph where you see number 51. Oh, that's great. I'm writing that down because I, I know that now. Okay. I'll, um, if I forget after this, remind me. Yeah. But I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, send it to you. Only don't sell it all. Do <laughs> no, of course not. Um, <laughs> that, um, the Prisoner is just one of those shows that doesn't go away either, does it? There's so much talk about what it's about, what's happening in it. And, oh, no. And I had a conversation, I, I can't remember when, just in the last couple of weeks, over here in America. They love it here. They love it in America. And uh, someone said, oh, you did this. You did The Prisoner. How wonderful. And oh, yes. And, we, and finally, this person said, I worked out what it was about. And suddenly it meant something really more to me and I can see this that and the other and I'm standing and saying yes mm, yes so that to this day I have no idea what it was about yeah I've watched it a number of times and still not got a clue <laughs> <laughs> we I worked in it yeah and I, I had the script and I went to a couple of other actors and I said you've got to fill me in a bit on this I don't understand you know, I want to know what I'm doing here. And they said, don't worry about it. We don't understand it either. <laughs> and that, that was, um, one was Alexis Kanner. Oh, he tried to tell me a bit about it. Oh, I don't think he understood it. And, um, oh, oh, Mark, Mark Eden was the other one. He said, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't ask Patrick. So what's this about then, Pat? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. He'd have had some put down for me. I know he would have said. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, he got a very successful series out of it. He did. Uh, uh, you could eat out free on just being in it you know, forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. <that's... laughs> you could dine out on that one forever. <laughs> yeah, you could. You really could. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, the interest uh, in it doesn't doesn't wane away, does it? It, it? it keeps coming back. Even when they try to remake it, which I don't know why they bother, but they do. <laughs> so. Did they try to remake they the did. I, They the did. Prisoner? Yes, did the they did. Yes, there's, there's a, an American version. <laughs> so, oh. 
I didn't know that. Oh. I know that I know about the, the um, Round and Hopkirk one, which I thought was absolutely, I watched a bit of the first episode and never watched it again. Yeah, yeah. for my, for my, pod, for my podcast, we did, uh, we did obviously the original Randall Hopkirk and we did the remake. And, and I thought the remake was okay, apart from they should have got actors. <laughs> you know, get some, some oh, so they were trying to clown about. Yeah. I mean, we, when we did it, we were very keen, the three of us used to get together and talk about the scripts coming up. And we knew Dennis um, very well, Dennis Spooner, and liked him. And he liked us, so he worked with us a lot. And the boys, particularly Ken, would come up with something occasionally. It was quite funny. And we'd say, we love that. Let's try and keep that in. And yes, Dennis would say yes. The, the, the producers, I think it was, actually, I think it was um, Lord Grade. I think it was him that said, no, no, we'll have to sell it to America. And they don't like a combination of drama and comedy, which is ridiculous. <laughs> So we, we had, we kept on going and we did get more comedy into it. But the comedy we got into it was lovely. It was just gentle laughs. And it was, there was one episode that was really funny, I thought, where Mike is, um, hypnotized. Oh, yes. Yeah. I remember that one. He yes. wrote that one. And I loved that one. I always laugh when I see that. And, um, and then they come on to do this remake with two, unfunny comedians, at least I thought they were unfunny. They weren't funny. And um a girl. And um I I just thought it was it had nothing to do with Randall and Hopkirk. It, it certainly it didn't was, have, it certainly didn't have the char charm. <laughs> yeah, it didn't have any charm at no. all. It really didn't. And many people, many fans I've talked to have all said, Oh, we didn't like that. They shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe the original Randall and Hapcock was just ahead of its time in uh, its format. It, it was actually. I'm glad yeah. you recognise that because yeah. it it was ahead of its time. Um, it was, you know, bringing a bringing a ghost into it who communicates, and then having him throughout the thing was was um, had really I think only only not I won't say only but. Certainly hadn't been done much on television, not in a series like that. No. Um, so I think that uh, that was unique in a way. And then the bringing some comedy into what was a detective series. And um, yes, I think it was before its time. It did have elements there which were were loved at the time, but loved even more now, I think. Yeah. I think also which, what shines through is the chemistry between you three leads. It's just amazing that you can see. <laughs> yeah. It just spills out it's... the screen at you. <laughs> really well, that's good. That's good because uh, the three of us loved working together. I'd worked with Mike Pratt before in um, television and a movie. And um, I, I liked him very much. I really did. We got on well and I loved working with him. So when I knew it was him doing the series, that really set me to say, yes, I'll do the series. Um, but I didn't know Ken. And then I met Ken, and the two of them had become quite, you know, friendly. And it just, it was a combination that just worked like magic. I'm still in touch with Ken. Yeah, he's still working away, isn't he? <laughs> he pops up on TV Time again. <laughs> oh, yes. He's not working, though. I was not at the moment. Um, He's not terribly well. I wasn't there. That's a shame. No. But, um, but we talk on the phone, and um, hopefully, I'm not sure that he would be able to travel to the actual event, Elstree. We would like him to. Um, if not, I think he's going to do a television interview for it. Oh, that'd be that'd be good. It, it was, yeah, he, he also done the uh, the afterword, didn't he, in your book, uh, your memoirs? Yes, he did. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, and had Roger do the forward. Yeah, which which is a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. It is, isn't it? Uh, I was I was very pleased at that. That meant a lot to me to have those. Yes, it is. It's it's it's, it's a nice bookend, of, if you like, for the book. <laughs> it is. It is. Yes, absolutely. 
Yep. Uh, yeah, because of course you met uh, Roger Moore on the site. Was that the first time you'd met him? Roger? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, that was the first time I'd met him. Yes. And terrified. I was absolutely terrified. Because I think I did tell you in the book anyway, say in the book, that um, um, I went into it um, really, really scared because something I didn't mention is that people had always told me, oh, you're going to do that, the saint, you know, one of the film series or the Avengers, whatever. when you go in, you've got to do it in one take. They don't like doing more takes. And you're, oh, really? And they had me terrified. Oh, um, so, and then I get this director who is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and my very first scene, which had a lot of words in it, um, my very first scene, he attacks me before I even start. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just as I started, you know, I start saying something. He says, what's all that gabble you're doing? And he starts screaming at me. Apparently, he had a thing about actresses. He didn't like them. He used to give them hell. So, um, Roger, that's when Roger came forward, had a little word with him, came back, put, took my hand and said, don't worry. It's going to be fine from now on, and I'll help you through it. And he did. <laughs> and we were great friends for all the years. We I've, were great friends. I've never heard anyone say an unkind word about Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Roger Roger was a very special man. He, he was just delightful. And uh, we kept up a friendship until, you know, just a couple of years ago, really. Yeah. Sometimes we, uh, my husband um, had known him too. He knew him too. And they used to, uh, he and, and um, Roger and Michael Caine and a couple other people all had the same agent in London, Dennis Selinger. And they had a little um, sort of network because people were scattered all over the world. I mean, one of, one of them would be in New York, another one would be in L.A., another one would be in... Switzerland, we would be in London or LA or somewhere else. But through the phone, we kept up this network of jokes. And one would phone, usually to Arthur. See, they'd phone to Arthur. It might be Roger or it might be Dennis or whatever. And say, oh, just heard this great joke from Michael this morning. And he'd give us, and we'd, they'd all die laughing on the phone. It was very funny. And terrible jokes, but they were very funny. <laughs> And this went on for oh, a couple of years. They'd all this network of jokes going round between all these people <coughs> and me. I, I mean, uh, uh, Roger was already sort of famous after he'd done the same, but then being Bond, well, that's uh, that's a different level yeah. of fame, isn't it? That's well oh, yeah. wide everywhere, <laughs> every oh, yeah. country. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess he didn't change much. From the time you knew him, from when you first met him to when he became an international no, star, he was always a lovely man. He was always a gentleman. Everyone liked working with him, and the crew liked working with him. He always, if there was any dissension on the set, um, usually Roger could step in and just very nicely calm it down, and people would relax again. And we had laughs while we were filming. You know, sometimes we'd have a laugh, and they'd say the director would get angry. <laughs> We've got to do that again. Might be the third time. Yeah, this is money. This what, is money we're right. costing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then, then, of course, you went to work with him again on the, the Persuaders. Yes. With, yep, uh, that was fun too. Of course, Tony, Tony Curtis. <laughs> and Tony Curtis, whom I liked very much. Yeah. That's, uh, when I was working with him, he was different socially, but working with him was interesting. Very professional, um, was he? Very professionally. I hadn't really expected him, although I should have because he'd done some wonderful movies. Um, no, he was and very intense, wanted to rehearse the lines and do, but very, also very um, conscious, uh, unselfish when he was working with you. He always wanted to make sure, could the camera see me, was the lighting good, all of that, which is you don't get from a lot of people. No. So I, I was most impressed with him. But he was a different animal um, off the screen. He had this persona that Hollywood had built around him, and he felt he had to live up to it, and it wasn't as attractive as when he was an actor. 
you know, was very brash and American and all of that. And I just liked him when he was being the actor because he was interesting. Yeah. Yes, it's nice to hear his professional uh, on set. Because <laughs> oh, you, yeah. you, you expect his Hollywood royalty, you know, to be a bit, as you say, brash, but yeah. Oh, yes, yes. But no, most of them, you know, if you're an actor, even if you get built up with this Hollywood glamour or whatever it is that they do, um, if you're a real actor, you'll come on and once you start acting, you're an actor. I've, I've worked with a lot of people. I mean, I've had a lot of, of um, good people that I've worked with, and I, both English and American. And apart from Patrick and maybe a couple of others, but they weren't terrible, most, most of the people were just actors, even if you didn't like them very much as people or they didn't like you. They were still actors and we worked together, you know. Yeah, I mean, because you, you've done movies, TV, stage, you know, you've, you've covered mm. the, all the range. All the roads and radio. Yeah, and, and radio. <laughs> was, <laughs> was there any sort of snobbery, though, between the theatre and the TV set, thinking, oh, you've done TV? You there know. used to be. There used to be a lot yeah. of snobbery. Mm, a lot. Because theatre was the, was the known thing, you know, for actors. I mean, this was Shakespeare and, and um, real theatre. This is where you were a real actor. So when movies, of course, came into it, then people... The real actors would say, "Well, of course, it's a movie. They can they can t do another take, and they can keep on going." Uh, not really true. It's, it's a whole different technique. And to be a good movie actor, you've really got to be a good movie actor. You've got to know about cameras and voice and where to look. Whereas theatre, you've got to know your craft in theatre, and you've got to know how to use your voice. It's completely different. Yeah, because because. I, I, suppose, I suppose the cameras zoom right up to you on a set, don't they? They can see everything you're thinking, yeah, more or less. They also, yes, <laughs> they can. And you do things that are, you're not meant to. There are some people who simply can't work on film. They're too big. They do too much with their faces or their hands or their bodies, unless unless it's meant to be, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there is a way of, of working with a camera. And... Um, I was lucky enough to know the, both techniques, um, and I think I, I dealt with them both quite well, but I loved theatre. I must admit that theatre was my, was my first choice when I had it. Is, that, um, is it like the, the instant response you get from the crowd or the audience? Is that part of it? or is it? Yes, just... it's, it's seeing the people there, it's knowing you're doing um, something about theatre where you can get really lost in it. It's not so technical. I mean, you haven't got cameras looking at you. You've got lights and you've got all that sort of thing. But you can be the person up there um, because you're doing it live. You're doing the whole thing. You're not doing sections of it. You're doing a whole complete story. And the people are out there and you you sense it. And you sense when they're not liking it. You sense when they are liking it. Um, it's you get a lot of uh, vibes yeah. from an audience. If, you get so you if, get to know. I was gonna say, if you're doing a long run, does it get repetitive, or, or do you try to keep it fresh every sort of time you go on? Well, I did. Um, I did one. I did a couple of longish runs. One was very long, two and a half years. And I'm, that was a little unfortunate because it was just three of us in it. And the main actor um, was very well known and had done a lot of work, but he was older at this point. And we'd worked together before and worked very well. But when I went into this, he'd, be, he'd changed a bit and uh, he just was not flexible in his performance in trying to keep it fresh and trying to get, because the other actor and I used to say, oh, if we could do that in this scene, that would really change it around a little bit and perk it up. Because you learn as you're going through, you learn about um, what the character, you learn the characters. 
and you start to find nuances and undercurrents and and expressions and moves that would just make it that little bit better. But Richard just was not able to do that. He wanted to stick to exactly the same performance every night. Um, if you were, if you changed it a little bit, he'd forget the lines. And it was it became not pleasant working. And the other actor too, we were both unhappy. I I did it, you know, I did it for two and a half years. But um, what's that? The show must go on, is it? <laughs> yes, but uh, that's what I love about theatre. You can change it, you can work through it, and you can find other things to do. And you come out the other end, and you've got a character that has been formed as you go through. You know, it's just wonderful. I love that. I love that progression. And you can't do that in so much in movies because you don't have the time and you're doing it in pieces. You still do it. Yeah. And you get fabulous performances. But you've got to know what you're doing. I suppose you should, that's a take, move on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, this is what I love about your career because... So you've done the Avengers, then you're also in the new Avengers as well. <laughs> when they brought it back, <laughs> you, you got to do it again. <laughs> working with, with someone else, it was like the new, the um, was it the new? There was new Avengers, yes, and the yes. new Saint. Yeah, and you did Return uh, of the Saint, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and that's that's strange because <laughs> I mean I knew Roger so well, I'd done so many with him. And then I worked with uh, with um, uh, Ian Ogilvy. <laughs> Ian, yeah, with Ian. And um, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Roger. And he was a different type. I mean, I'd worked with him before. I knew him, so that was all right. But um, uh, he just, I was so used to working in the Saint and with Roger and we'd have jokes off, off the set and do all that and you know and I knew how Roger worked that working with Ian and yet doing the same thing was was different that was all right I mean you know we still did it the same with the Avengers yeah uh, I mean I, I grew up on the return of the saint more than the original saint so now, oh, yeah. now I've had a chance to go back and I'll just say oh yeah it, it, this is why it's better <laughs> just yeah 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 just, no, just, Roger, Roger brought... He, he just oozes his charm and, and wit out of the screen. Right. Yeah, it's, right. just, it's just amazing. Like he did his Bond. Yes, that's that's why, isn't it? That's why they wanted him yeah. for Bond so early on. But, of course, they couldn't get him yeah. because of contracts and stuff. And... But, uh, yeah, Roger, I mean, he said himself, listen, I'm not a great actor, and he wasn't. But what he was was a performer, and he knew what he was doing. He was very professional, and he had this wonderful presence on screen and dishy looking man and but he knew what he was doing i mean he was good he was very good yes yeah effortlessly you know, that's right yeah. you're right effortless that's a good word yeah <laughs> absolutely very very smooth so he created those characters which were excellent yeah so i also see you did a few of the soap operas uh I've got a uh, coronation. What's crossroads? Sorry, crossroads. Crossroads, I did. Yes, yeah. I, I, I have a, a bad experience with crossroads, but um, <laughs> um, you did. Yeah, yeah. But my mum named me after one of the characters. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forgave her. <laughs> she, oh. <laughs> she named me after Brian from Crossroads. <laughs> I thought, oh, why Brian? Why that? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't see the the early days of Crossroads then. No. No. Oh, well, that was like that was like when we started in in Australia doing live stuff, you know, and and Britain had been at it a whole lot longer than than we had out there. But when I went into Crossroads, it reminded me of those days because we did it. You no, know, when it first started, I think they I think it was on tape. I don't think it was live. I think it was on tape, but the sets were terrible. I mean, they'd close a door and all the wall would shake. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, they were really cardboard sets. I mean, it was terrible. And then it, it got better after that, of course. And, you know, it took a while, but it did get better. But it really was, um, you know, a soap. And, and those days, the early days, it was really terrible. 
And one of the uh, actor, actresses in it, Sue, um, oh, she's my favorite. <laughs> she's my best friend, Sue Hansen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Sue was in it. And uh, what was I saying? No, I've lost a train of thought. Just, this is what I do. I try. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, even she she would say she's funny when she talks about the early days and she'd say, oh, my God, you know, you'd walk into a room and the chair would fall over or I'd walk out of it. And the door would fall off and all that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I suppose because they're on the budget as well, they couldn't do too many retakes. Just just go for yeah. it. <laughs> oh, you had to. You couldn't do. Yeah, you could do retakes on tape. Yeah, I think sometimes you didn't. Sometimes you ran it almost as a live production. Yeah. Early on, did so you couldn't cut it. I don't think, or it was a big deal if you had to cut. I don't know, but it was it was always difficult. I, I know there was lots of programs that made fun of like the crossroads and the wobbly sets, and but I would imagine the acting would be quite hard because you've got, got you're on there all the time. You've got to keep going line after line after line, and <laughs> for for, yeah. for a daily oh. show uh, as well. I think it's daily, wasn't it? Well, that's it was. It was on for five night, five evenings a week, I think. Yeah. Crossroads. Yeah. I think it, I'm not sure if it started as a half hour or an hour. I'm not sure. It ended up as hour, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know because I didn't do a soap until I did that one. Yeah. Um. Oh, I did. Um, I did do a couple of episodes, a few episodes way back, which I write about in the book, called. I think it was called General. No, was it wasn't General Hospital. Uh, no, uh, no it's, it's Emergency Ward Ten. <laughs> Emergency Ward Ten. Yeah, that's right. I did about four or five episodes in that, and one of them they had a strike or something, oh. and we had to do the episode live. Oh no! And we, we hadn't done live for years at that point. I was so nervous that I was I was lying on this this sort of gurney thing, you know, trolley thing, and. Um, I'm supposed to be a burn victim, so I've got all these blisters all over my <laughs> face and everything. Was <laughs> and I'm lying there, and the trolley is going rat tat tat because I was shaking so much at doing it live that the whole thing was, the whole frame was shaking, and everyone started to laugh, and I had to go on. I mean, I stopped it. I stopped it. I calmed myself down and stopped it, but... I was a little hair-raising at first because you could hear it jangling a bit, you know. The bed was going. And also, you did a bit of prison time, didn't you? Prisoner Selbrock H. I hated that. I absolutely hated that. You went back to Australia, did you, to do some work? I was, yes, I went back, took my daughter back to see my family and things. We ended up working out there for a while. Um. And uh, that was interesting. I did, I did, you know, quite a bit of work while I was out there. But we did um, this cell block H not long before I came back to England. And I really didn't like it. I didn't like it because the whole studio was the set, and a bit like the prisoner, it was it was a jail, and you couldn't help but take on the the sense or the feeling that you're in this claustrophobic, grim, grey place. And I think it it worked on some of the people in it, you know, and some of the actors, because they were a bit grim and grey too. Not all of them, a few of them. But, yeah. but it, it, I understood that because if you're, well, I only did, a, you know, those few episodes. There were people in it who did it for ages. I don't know how they did because I found it far too depressing. I really did. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I suppose a lot of people do. Do it's a spe- steady paycheck coming in. You know, you know what you're doing. Whereas your, as I read your memoirs, your life was a bit from one thing to the other. You didn't really want to be tied down to anything particular. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I to do as much individual stuff as possible, or rather, different stuff as possible. I didn't want to be typed. Because you didn't want the, uh, the champions you were offered, wasn't you? The champions. Uh, you could have. Yes. You could they have, thought. You could have played, uh, what's it, Sharon, a nice yeah. exotic name. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm glad I didn't get that. I, I don't think I would have liked, I liked, I liked um, Bill Gaunt. I didn't know Damon, no. Stuart no. Damon, wasn't Stuart Damon? 
was his name, I think, the other one? Yes, I think so, yeah. I think it was. I didn't know him. I knew um, Bill. And I, I liked him. I'd worked with him several times. Uh, was it um, Alexander? I, just, I, I fitted better with yeah. Randall and Hopkirk. Because yeah, they were filmed at the same time, were they, as well? Uh, around the same no, time. I think that the, the um, Champions was a bit before us. Oh, right, okay. They were already, I think, almost finished or finished by the time we started. The other one that was playing at the same time was um, Department S. Oh, yes. Hmm. And Peter Wingard and Rosemary Nichols and J um, uh, the American. Fabian, Joel Fabiani, who was a lovely man. Yes, because there is some used to swap clothes and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Used, uh, yes, well, wardrobe would sometimes bring things out if it was suitable. Yeah. Most of the time, for me and Randall and Hopkirk anyway, um, I had a couple of designer houses dressing me a lot of the time. But then, of course, you wanted, you know, some ordinary stuff that was in the normal wardrobe, uh, a coat or a um, hat, something or other, a skirt or something, which, of course, had probably been worn numerous times before in other things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's very bright colours, though, wasn't they? They were, especially because it was colour oh, TV like, now. I had a yeah. say in my clothes. The wardrobe mistress knew me and she said, what do you think you would wear? So she was good. She allowed me a lot of... Um, um, time, you know, to to make my own choices in in the clothes, and she knew I loved colours. So yes, I had a lot of good colours, and a lot of fans bring that up about the clothes that I wore, that they always loved those clothes. So that was that was a good thing. I did too. Yeah, it, it definitely lifted the series up a bit because the brightness of it, it just well, helped. Well, yes, yeah. yes. And I have people say to me now, people who have sort of come to it recently who said, oh, you know, the clothes were wonderful and this and that and all the hairstyles. and the <laughs> I am going to have to go in a minute. I was, I was just to say that I thought I've taken up your time. I just say your memoir is uh, Where Have I Been All My Life? <laughs> yes, it is. Where Have I Been All My Life? And it's, it was it's... a forward by Sir Roger Moore oh, and oh. An, an afterward by Kenneth Cope. Yeah, and it's really, it's if you like the early days of like TV, and it's really an insight into all them, and it's an insight into a, like a job in actor, what they did and how they got on, and I think it's a great yeah. book, yeah. I think I've kept in quite a lot of stuff there that I think people and fans will like and enjoy and be interested to hear about, so, you know, I, I, um, I hope people go and buy the book. Yeah, it's really a who's who of uh, that time as well. I, I, we couldn't get through all the names. It'd be too long. It's like a... a Absolutely. Oh, yes. I mean, masses and masses of names. Benny Hill. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, we didn't even get to Benny Hill. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it can be bought on um, Amazon, UK, and or you can go into any of the bookstores in England and order it. If they haven't actually got it in, they will get it in for you, people. Places like uh, Waterstones and, um, well, you know, a lot of the other bookstores. I think almost any bookstore can actually get it in. And you can actually it as well from your website, can't you? I believe there's a link. You can get it from my website, okay. yes, which is AnnetteAndreOfficial.wordpress.com. Uh, well done. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can do that, and uh, also from the publisher. But my my website will take you to the publisher and be able to order it from there. Yeah, I had a, I had a quick look on your website, and uh, you're an artist as well. Uh, I was a little bit worried because you know what you get these these pop stars who say oh, I'm an artist, and you get a couple of splodges. But your artwork yeah. is brilliant. It's just breathtaking. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I've actually because I've only recently put that up. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm very, very thrilled because someone has just ordered or bought a picture from my website, a painting. So I'm I'm thrilled about that. I hope there's going to be more. I haven't got too many up there. They're not all for sale. But um, the ones that are, and I'm gradually, you know, I'm working hard to try and get some more done and ones that I like that I want to put up. And, um, you know, gradually feed some more up there and hope people will come on and Perhaps buy some. Yeah, but if if, if people didn't even know your backstory, this is this is just good art. 
It's just. A... Thank you. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, Not at all. It's been a pleasure. Thank yeah, you, Brian. It's been my pleasure, actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thanks very all much. right. Well, I'll keep in keep in touch on the, uh, you know, on um, by email. Yes. Yeah. Your email address there. Um, Good. Yes. Yeah. Keep that, and um, and we'll be in touch, and if. Uh, if I have any ideas or, you know, whatever that might be good for your website, I'll certainly get in touch with you and say, what do you think or yeah, whatever. Absolutely no problem with that. Thanks very much for chatting to me today. Um, oh, all right. I'll let Thanks. you get on with the rest of your day. Uh, my day's just finishing. So, yeah, all right. Okay. You have a good time. All okay, right. Brian. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.